Money Pit is presented by LiftMaster and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on? If it's your house, if it's your home, if it's your apartment, you are in exactly the right place because we're here to help. You know, and we're not even on the payroll. You know, we just, we're just here to help make your house more comfortable. If that involves remodeling, repair, decor, or you just want to complain about something that's going on and you don't know what it is? <laughs> Everybody loves fine. to complain. Fine. <laughs> Call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT or post that question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com because we're here to help you get the job done. Coming up on today's program, have your New Year's resolutions to uh, maybe lose 10 pounds already fallen by the wayside? Why are you ratting me out, Tom? <laughs> that didn't last too long. That but you does, know what? It never does. You can consider this. Instead of you going on a diet, why not put your house on a diet as said? Like Why not that. put your house on a diet instead? We're going to have some tips this hour to help you get rid of the extra stuff for added space and add some cash all at the same time. Plus, we love life hacks here at the Money Pit. You know, those shortcuts to get stuff done. Well, we've picked out our four favorite home improvement hacks to help you around the house, and we'll share those just ahead. Plus, speaking of hacks, if your home is hit with a snowstorm, we've got some hacks to help you get your car cleaned and out of the snow with minimal hassles. But first, let's help you with your questions. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Don from Pennsylvania is on the line with icicles on his siding. What's going on? I had a strange thing happen on the backside of my house, which faces the uh, northeast. It has vinyl siding on it. And I noticed uh, this past week we had a lot of snow and wind. I have icicles uh, running down my uh, siding only on that wall. Uh and the water's dripping out of the drain holes in the uh, siding. And this hasn't happened. Uh, it's been sided for three or four years, and I hadn't ever noticed that before. And it did go all the way across the uh, full width of the wall um, every foot or so. Not, but uh, it wasn't just in one location. It, it happened to go all the way across the wall, 16, 18, 20 feet or so. Now, do you have, also happen to have an ice dam on the roof above it? Like ice on the, is there icicles coming off the gutter? Do you see ice built up at the roof edge, Don? Well, I've had that problem, yes. I wonder if water's getting behind the siding. That's why I asked that question. It was uh, so cold. I, I, it wasn't doing the, uh, when it melted at all or was warm enough to melt, it was while the weather was really cold that it right. formed. But, I mean, I, I I would agree with you. It could have uh, – it just that it had never happened uh, in that way before. Now, the, the water that's coming out, it must be coming out through the siding, drain holes, and then icing once it hits the outside of it. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Exactly, okay. yes. So the only exactly way that right. seems to me that it could be happening is if the water is getting behind it. And an ice dam would cause that. Now, for those that are listening that and aren't familiar with ice dams, it's probably a good thing that you're not. Because what happens is if you live in certain climates and you get a heavy snow, it starts to melt then on the upper part of your roof, which is usually warmer because a lot of escaping heat from the house gets there. As that snow starts to melt and the water runs down, 
it hits the part of your roof that's overhanging the exterior wall. And since it's overhanging the wall and not your house, it's colder and hence it tends to freeze there. And once it freezes, you get like the effect of a dam. The water keeps hitting that dam and it can't get through it. So it backs up under the shingles and then it can leak down through the sheathing and it can either leak into your house or it can leak into the exterior wall and perhaps show up as it is in your house, Dom. Now, When's the last time you did your roof? Um, it, it, it's a metal roof, and it's uh, no more than four years old. Well, if it's a metal roof, you shouldn't be having water back up under it unless it's backing up to the seams. So I guess at this point, I would, I would wait for the winter to pass, and then I would take a careful look at the seaming around that area and see if there's any gaps where water could be forced up under there. Because it would seem to me that the most logical way the water is getting into the siding is by being pressed up there through an ice dam. Okay. Would you recommend, would you feel that um, these, these uh, ice tapes uh, with, uh, the which you put in your gutters, uh, if I if I get the chance in a thaw to add that, do you think that might help? I mean, it, it may. The, the real solution here is ice and water shield. And what we don't know is whether or not that was installed underneath that metal roof. It certainly should have been. It's a fairly minor addition at that point when you're putting a metal roof on. But ice and water shield is a membrane that goes from the roof edge up about three feet. And, and frankly, I generally recommend putting it on the entire roof because not only does it stop ice dams at the roof edge, but if uh, your roof was ever taken off in a storm, the water can't get through the ice and water shield, especially if you live in a coastal climate. That's really, really important. Minor expense, uh, it adds to the roof for all the protection uh, that, it, that it gives. So ice and water shield, in your case, though, would require you to take uh, disassemble the metal roof along the roof edge, which is which is a big project. Now, having said that, it's also possible that if you got damage inside the house, which doesn't seem like it happened this time, but if you get damage inside the house and you file a homeowner's claim, a lot of insurance companies will cover that expense of the roof repair, which of course means taking the roof off and putting the ice and water shield on. So I don't like to see uh, necessarily put this uh, electric uh, heat tape appliance that melts the ice into the gutters, especially if you've had it all these years and it only happened this once. As you know, it's a factor of the weather, so it can change. It may never happen again, or, or it could happen every year, or it could happen two or three times a winter. So I don't think I would take any major action uh, just yet, okay? All right. Don, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit, and good luck with that project. Lauren, Connecticut's on the line with a painting question. How can we help you today? We had some plaster work done. And unfortunately, the gentleman used a rusty tool. How, what type of primer, what type of paint can we put over that? You know, I'm afraid that I don't know if it'll leak through or what it'll do. So when you said that he used a rusty tool, are you seeing some areas of like a sort of reddish patina in the plaster itself? Or is it changing over time? What are you noticing? Rust. Just rust from the tool. So you're seeing it in the plaster, and of course now that's all cured and dried. Exactly, in the plaster itself. Yeah, that plaster will leach through a, a traditional paint finish, so you definitely have to prime here, right, Leslie? Yeah, and I think, you know, your best bet is to use, I mean, if you can, like a bin or a zinzer, one of those primers, they tend to be oil-based, they're a little bit more heavy-duty, um, and those really do tend to cover up everything. So I think if you go ahead with a good coat of that as a primer, you'll end up with you know, the opportunity to seal all of that rust stain in. And then when you go put your top coat on, you shouldn't have a problem with that. Oh, okay. 
Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Richard in Rhode Island, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I had two qualified and established insulating companies come to the house. One was some four to five hundred dollars less than the other. When I looked further into it, turns out one was not putting in those styrofoam baffles in each of the rafter bays, claiming that it is not necessary. It's a two-story colonial built in 1951. Please, who is right? Do they need to be there for breathing or not? So, yes, you need a lot of ventilation in a 1950s house because typically the natural ventilation is not nearly enough. In a house that was built in the 1950s, usually you'll get two gable vents at the ends of the roof structure, right? Those sort of uh, triangle-shaped ends to your roof. You have those couple of gable vents. Um, You may have some ridge, you may have some roof vents. Is that right? Do you have roof vents? There are only two gable vents, and they're two uh, square to, I guess, a rectangle instead of the Right, okay. Do you have soffit vents? At the underside of the roof, of where the overhang no. is? You have, you have no vents there. So what you should have here, I mean, adding insulation is great, Richard, and so it's a smart move. But you also need to add ventilation. And the best type of ventilation would be a ridge vent that went down the peak of the roof and then soffit vents that went at that overhang. Because what happens is the air should be going into the soffits, uh, passing through those vents that you described, the baffles, And it basically keeps the insulation from choking off the soffit ventilation and then exits at the ridge. Now, it might be that the insulation company said, well, you don't have any soffit ventilation, so I'm not really putting these baffles in because there's really nothing to let the air in. But the project here might be that what you need to do is to have soffit vents put in and a ridge vent. And this way you'll have plenty of airflow in that attic. And then you can go ahead and beef up the insulation from that point. If you put all this insulation in there and you don't have enough ventilation, it's just going to get damp and humid. And that insulation, once it's damp, is not going to be effective. When you have insulation that's that's damp like that, it loses a tremendous amount of its R value. All right. Wow. As usual, great information and, and advice. I appreciate it. Good day. Great show. You're welcome, Richard. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 888- Money Pit. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. For help with your next home improvement project, give us a call now at 888 Pit, presented by Home Advisor, where you can get matched with background checked home service pros in your area, compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter what type of job is on your to do list, Home Advisor makes it fast and easy to hire a pro you can trust. Up next, are you looking for a little extra space or a little extra cash? We're going to teach you how to squeeze a little bolt out of your house after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. 
and they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Are you trying to fix up your money pit? Well, we are too. Let us help. Call in your question right now to 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974, presented by Home Advisor. You know, I love, Leslie, when folks uh, see us around and, and say, oh, your houses must be perfect with not a thing wrong. Yeah. You ever heard the phrase, the shoemaker's kids go barefoot? Always something going on Always. in Warner Houses. So we know what's going on at your home, too, and we'd love to help you get to the bottom of it. We can sympathize. Linda, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? The house that we live in uh, was built in 53. It's ours. We, we've paid it off and trying to keep upkeep it and keep it in good shape. But in uh, between the dining room and the living room, apparently before we purchased it, there was a wall that had been removed. And the only sign is on the ceiling where the wall was removed. Uh, there's a, a double crack like on each side of a two before is what it looks like about that width in the drywall. And I've tried use it's a, a textured ceiling. They did we actually had knockdown put on it, but it uh, we can't fill the crack. I've tried to use drywall mud, and it just returns. What can I do to fix this crack? So this was opposite both sides of a wall that was torn out. So they must have slipped in some drywall to to patch it. Is that what you're thinking? Maybe. Maybe. So that's not the best way. That's not the best way to fix that sort of thing. You can't like put a narrow strip in there and have it ever look like a normal ceiling. If you've got a hole like that where you pull the wall out, what you have to do is cut a bigger piece of drywall out, maybe about a foot or two on each side of it. Uh, and you do that right on the edge where the floor joists are, the ceiling joists are in this case. Then you have a bigger seam to tape and spackle and secure. And when the, if that's done well, then you're never going to see it again. So you putting all of this spackle on it time and time again over all of this, you know, all of this period of time is is probably made more of a mess and it's kind of hard to fix at this point. So what I would tell you to do is to cut out that whole repair, put a bigger piece of drywall in, um, tape it, spackle it, prime the whole ceiling and then repaint the whole ceiling. And that would be the one to do the way to do this, you know, permanently. Otherwise, you're always going to see that. Okay, thank you for telling me that. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, do you want to drop a few pounds of holiday weight? Good luck to that. But while that part might be hard, we have a much easier suggestion. Why not put your house on a diet instead with some simple decluttering? That's right. Now, the first step to cutting the fat is taking a good hard look at all the stuff you own. And I'm talking about all the stuff, you guys. If you don't love it or you don't use it, 
chuck it. You'll free up some living space that you never even knew you had. Yep. Or you can drum up some extra money by selling your discarded things online. In fact, we just wrote a step-by-step guide on how to sell your used stuff online. It's on moneypit.com. And we talk about some of the best sites, how you can list your stuff for a fast sale, and how to avoid the scams. Yeah. Now, once all that clutter is gone, you can revamp closets and storage for better efficiency and consider pieces in your home that have hidden storage, like ottomans that double as storage containers. I mean, think about all the throw blankets and pillows and kids' toys and whatever else you can shove in there. Yep. And then you can put your feet up on that ottoman and relax in your clutter-free space that's easier and cheaper to clean and maintain. Steve in Maryland's on the line with a question about a foundation. How can we help you? My neighbor had a house uh, built uh, within the last year. She had a solid concrete foundation uh, put in with her crawl space. And uh, I've got cinder block walls on my foundation. And I've had a lot of, I've had some water penetration through my walls. And uh, I'm thinking because she has solid concrete, I think maybe if I if I ever had another house built, maybe that's the way to go with solid concrete. I don't, I don't see how water can penetrate that. And I wanted to uh, bounce that off of you and see what you had to say about it. Well, water can certainly penetrate solid concrete walls, perhaps not as easily as it can a concrete block wall. But in either case, you can stop that very simply by improving the grading and the drainage at the foundation perimeter. Most of the time when a foundation leaks, whether it's a leaked crawl space or a basement, there's something wrong with that drainage. So your gutters are clogged and overflowing. The downspouts are perhaps not extended out four to six feet from the house because most contractors leave them go out about a foot or so, which is which is a mistake. Um, or the soil is too flat or the soil is sloping back into the wall or there's some landscape element like, uh, I don't know, brick edging or or four-by-four uh, four timbers or something like that that's holding water against the foundation. If you want to stop a foundation from leaking, you want to manage that drainage. But if you are sort of starting from scratch and had your option to go with a block wall or a solid concrete wall, I do agree that a solid concrete wall uh, will be much stronger and much more solid and not be prone to some of the issues that we've seen with with block walls over the years, like leakage or cracking and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I appreciate that information. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Sylvia in Pennsylvania on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? I am moving from Pennsylvania, moving further south to get away from the snow. I don't know if it'll be South Carolina, Georgia, or Florida, but I am going to build myself a house, and it's going to be a small house. I'm wondering about in-floor heating, but I would like to have a terrazzo floor. So can you put in-floor heating and cooling in a terrazzo floor? So first of all, congratulations on your plan. That sounds really exciting. Secondly, in terms of the floor, first of all, the floor can be heated. It, it can't provide your cooling. You're going to have to have a central air conditioning system for that. I was, I was wondering about that because I was wondering too because cold settles and I'm thinking your floor would be cold but nothing else would be. So in terms of the heated floor, yes, um, there is a way to run PEX piping, which is a t- cross-link polyethylene hot water piping um, through, through 
uh, underlayments that would go under tile. In fact, they make a specific type of plywood that's actually channeled out for this very purpose where the, where the plumbing sort of lays inside tracks in the plywood and then the mud floor or whatever you're using underneath the trouser goes on top of that. So certainly you can do that. It's a pretty big project, but if you're you're set on having this kind of floor, you can definitely do it. But it will it will it will be more a more expensive heating system than other types. Well, I'm not really set on the terrazzo, but I was thinking of it, and because it would be easy to clean, uh, it would be just uh, from living in Florida. I am familiar with terrazzo floors, and I just thought that you know. It was a possibility. You know, I, I have not decided exactly yet. I'm just gathering information now. Yeah, the answer is you could put um, hot water heat through your floors pretty much with any type of material, uh, including that. So definitely an option for you, Sylvia. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Up next, we love life hacks over here. You know those shortcuts to get stuff done? Well, we've picked out our four favorite home improvement hacks to help you around the house, and we're going to share those next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, you're still looking for help with your Money Pit? Well, you're not alone. Head on over to MoneyPit.com for tips and answers to home improvement questions, big and small. And while you're there, sign up for our free Money Pit newsletter and stay ahead of home maintenance year-round. It's all online at MoneyPit.com. Jim in Ohio is on the line with a question about insulation. What are you working on? I'm looking at remodeling my basement, and I'm looking for something with uh, 
that's going to help insulate it, plus dampen some of the sound from the basement. So a couple of things. Um, first of all, do you want to insulate the foundation walls, or do you just want to insulate the basement ceiling? Actually, both. So there's a foil-encapsulated fiberglass bat insulation that's designed specifically for basement walls. The foil has a, a water resistance to it, so it stands up to the moist, damp area. So that's something that you could do there. Okay, great. In terms of the insulation, you could use standard fiberglass insulation, but contrary to popular belief, fiberglass insulation by itself is not a, a, a material that's going to block a lot of sound. If you want to block sound, you probably should use a sound-resistant drywall. There are different types of drywall products. I think one's called Quiet Rock. There are others that once you apply it to the ceiling, you apply it like normal drywall, but it's a lot heavier, and it has sort of a sound-resistant uh, batten structure to it. It's also much more expensive. But you can special order it at a home center and use that on the ceiling, and, and that will make it quieter. But the devil is in the details when it comes to quiet construction. And wherever you have like a ceiling fixture or light fixtures or, or any kinds of uh, perforations in that ceiling, they have to be packed also with a soundproofing material, which kind of looks like a clay that sort of fits behind it. But if you just want to try to do you know the best you can without going to that level of detail, then maybe just apply the sound-resistant drywall, and you know it'll be probably the quietest basement on the block. Great. Thank you. That, that'll work. Well, we love our life hacks here at the Money Pit. You know, those shortcuts to get stuff done, you know, a little bit easier, and maybe there's a little trick involved in there. Well, we love them. So we've picked out our four favorite home improvement hacks to help you around the house. Now, I love this first one. Have you ever dropped a small object like an earring or a fastener and you can't find it? So here's the trick, guys. Cut a pair of stockings and pull it over the end of your vacuum hose. This way, it's not going to get sucked up into the vacuum, but you can go around the area where you think you dropped it and it'll get sucked up from wherever it's hiding but you'll still be able to get it now here's another one if you need to drive a nail and you want to avoid sore thumbs by missing it with the hammer or getting those telltale sort of smiles my dad used to call them in the wood you know where you missed and you dent the wood <laughs> yes. a couple of ways to avoid that if it's a big nail you can stick it in a clothespin to get it started use the clothespin to hold it for smaller nails you can hold the nail by first sticking it through a piece of corrugated cardboard. It'll stay in there nicely, and you can get a good swing on the hammer without worrying about getting hurt. Now, if it's going on to like exposed trim, like say a door or the surface of a deck when you're nailing some deck boards down, I got a good idea from my friend Tommy Silva on this old house. What he taught his apprentices to do was to nail through a cedar shingle first and then let the nail per pass right through the deck board below. And when it hits flush with the cedar shingle, you can pull it off in a couple of tiny taps or a smack with a nail set, and it's below the surface. So lots of ways to drive nails now without worrying about damaging the woods with that hack. Now, here's a tip for those extension cords that you're using for your tools. You know, they keep pulling and unplugging while you're working on a project. Tie those two ends in a loose knot before you plug them together. This way, they'll always stay together. Now, here's another cord tip. You can use bread clips to label the cords hanging behind your workstation. So no more guesswork to find out which one goes to the printer, which is the modem, yada, yada, yada. You'll know exactly which one you're going for. And lastly, here's one of my favorite hacks to avoid paint drips. Just stretch a large rubber band around a paint can and then wipe the brush on the edge. You basically go handle to handle, so it actually sort of divides the open part of the paint can in half. Then as you bring the brush up, you use that rubber band to sort of wipe it clean of the extra paint, and this way it doesn't collect 
on the edges and it makes the can really easy to close when you're done without kind of totally screwing it up. Now, if you guys have any life hacks to share, we would love to hear about them. Post them on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the money pit. And if we like them, we'll talk about them on the air and give you full credit. Tim and I was on the line with some issues with the basement floor. What is happening at your money pit? Well, I've got a 1920s house. I've got a ditch out in front of the house. When I get a lot of rain, I get a wet basement. My question is, is there any product, purely decorative, to put on the basement floor that uh, is not going to come up when my basement floor does get wet? How about this idea? How about if we tell you how to stop that basement floor from getting wet, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, like I said, it's an old house. It's not tiled. Other than... Uh, if the if 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 the county if the county would be willing to put a put a big uh, six foot uh, drain in, in in place of the ditch, that would probably fix it. But uh, we're not going to be able to do anything about that. What's causing this? Are you telling me that there's something going on outside that's that you can't control? Because generally, the causes of a wet basement are really two things. Number one, um, the failure of the gutter system. So that means you don't have a gutter system or the gutters are clogged, or the gutters are discharging too close to the foundation. And number two, the angle of the soil around the immediate, say, four to eight feet around your house. If it's flat, if it's pitched into the wall, that's going to fill up with water and lead to this wet basement. The fact that you have a wet basement that is consistent with rainfall means that it's not a rising water table. It means it's just drainage. So the solution is to better manage that drainage. And no matter what you, what's going on around you, I have almost never seen a case where you couldn't make it a lot better by controlling and improving what you can control, like your gutters and your drainage. Well, I, I don't mean to disagree with you, but I get the same water um, during snow melt. And the same reason for that. Because again, if you if that water's coming from snow melt or rainfall, it's surface drainage. It's not a rising water table. Believe me when I tell you this is one of the easiest things to fix, but people just don't get it. Because they think it's too easy. They think it's too easy. They think they have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on it. And you know, there's an article on the homepage of my website. And it's kind of funny when you read the comments because there's like an ongoing debate that goes on between waterproofers who try to argue against it. And other experts like home inspectors who go, no, this guy's exactly right. We don't need your expensive sump pump systems. This can be fixed with better drainage and gutter control. And it's actually one of the most downloaded articles we've ever had on the site. I think there's like a half million downloads of it. So it really is as easy as I'm explaining. And you can improve this. To the original question about paint, yeah. There are damp-proofing paints that are available for your floor. You would just use a basic epoxy paint. It's a two-part mix that has a chemical cure. And as long as you put it on while the floor is dry, it's not going to come up and the floor can stamp. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, have you ever found yourself stuck in your own driveway thanks to snow and ice storm? Up next, we're going to share a few hacks to help release your car and get you on your way after this. You live in a Money Pit. 
Are you a contractor, builder, or remodeler? Introducing LL Pro Plus, Lumber Liquidators Pro Services Team, the partner to call for all your professional flooring needs. With LL Pro Plus, you'll get projects completed on schedule, value and quality assurance, professional pricing, a dedicated account rep, and more. LL Pro Plus, we're pros taking care of pros. No job is too large or too small. So put the flooring experts on your team and let's get started. Visit your local Lumber Liquidators store or lumberliquidators.com slash pro sales today. For over 140 years, American Standard has set the standard for innovative kitchen and bath products, and their new Vormax Plus self-cleaning toilet is no exception. The Vormax Plus cleans the bowl two times better with just water, and a permanent finish inhibits the growth of bacteria. Plus, the Vormax Plus fresh infuser releases Lysol cleaner into the bowl to keep the bowl continuously clean and fresh with every flush. The Vormax Plus from American Standard is the cleanest, freshest flush ever engineered. Available at select showrooms and retailers nationwide. Every week, millions of homeowners trust Leslie and me for advice with home improvement projects. But when it comes time to hire a home improvement pro, we trust HomeAdvisor.com. HomeAdvisor makes it easy to find trusted, top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. That's right, Tom. And at HomeAdvisor.com, you can read verified reviews and compare prices. Plus, the pros are background checked, and it's totally free. Whether you need a plumber, electrician, builder, or even cleaning services, HomeAdvisor.com is the place to find trusted home improvement pros. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent fine handcrafted cigars, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to locally hand-roasted gourmet coffee that all men are created to enjoy hand-cast and finished collectibles from Getty's Gear. Great gear celebrating the spirit of Gettysburg. Visit us today at Getty'sGear.com. That's Getty'sGear.com. Having a well-insulated home is the single most cost-effective way to reduce heating and cooling costs. Spray foam insulation can also seal and reduce drafts, which accounts for as much as 40% of energy use. Isonine's Classic Max High Performance Ultra Low VOC product is a two-in-one installation that both insulates and air seals. Plus, it holds a GreenGuard Gold certification, which assures low VOC emissions and allows homeowners to reoccupy their homes just two hours after installation. Products from other companies can require 24 hours before reoccupancy, costing you time and money. Learn more about staying warm in the winter, cool in the summer, and reducing energy costs in Money Pit's Complete Guide to Insulation. It's yours free at MoneyPit.com, courtesy of Isonine Spray Foam Insulation. You can also get their free homeowner mobile app and find a local Isonine licensed contractor for a free quote at Isonine.com. That's I-C-Y-N-E-N-E.com. Do you have a passion for home improvement and want ideas and inspiration delivered to your inbox? Then subscribe to the Money Pit's long-running e-newsletter. It's free at MoneyPit.com. You'll get tips, advice, ideas, and inspiration for home decor, remodeling, and repair projects from Leslie, Tom, and their team of Money Pit experts delivered every Friday morning, just in time for weekend projects. Plus, you'll be the first to hear about new tool giveaways, sweepstakes, and more. For over a decade, the Money Pit e-newsletter has helped thousands improve and enjoy their home. Join over 70,000 happy subscribers and sign up today at MoneyPit.com. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. 
making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. And we'd love to take your calls right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. Well, if you're hit with a big winter storm and you don't have your car tucked away in a garage, it is always a pain in the neck to clear the snow and ice off your car so you can get going. But it's a job that absolutely has to be done. Now, for our friends that are sitting in all those warmer places, just sit there and gloat or don't gloat or whatever you want to do. <laughs> we all know you don't have to deal with the snow, but, you know, suck it up and let us help our northern friends for a little bit. OK, absolutely. Now, first off, if you've got a long driveway, uh, one tip is to get ready before the storm by parking your car at the end of it. Now. I learned this the hard way years ago, thinking I should have the car closer to the building. But of course, every shovel full of snow I had to release to get that car out made me change my thinking. So now we park the cars right at the end of the driveway so they don't have to do that much shoveling and get it back on the road. Now, the same thing would go for a parking space, perhaps in a condo or apartment, back in, have it pointing out, and if you can, grab a spot near the complex exit. Now, here's another car tip. It's super smart, you guys, to put up the windshield wipers so they don't freeze to the car window. Tom, I know you've had some experience with this. Am I right? Yeah, actually, yeah. It was it was weird. It was last winter, and I and I'd done that on the front uh, wipers, but I never did it on the rear wiper on my SUV. And it actually froze and stuck to the windshield. And when the ice melted, the wiper fell off. The arm separated and it snapped. <laughs> Because it must have expanded and contracted. It cracked it right in half and fell completely off the car. So, you know, it just goes to show you, if you don't uh, release these from the window, that can happen. I mean, it's amazing. There's so much to think about when it comes to the snow and the car and how to get the snow off the car. And along those lines, if you just have so much snow and you can't reach it, why not use a long-handled broom? Now, that's going to help you get the snow off the top of your car before you open the door. Because how many times do you open the door and then the snow falls right into the car. And don't forget, make sure you clear the snow around your headlights and taillights. It really helps. People can't see you with the snow on there, and it doesn't always come off. Oh, yeah. And by the way, if your door is frozen shut or the lock is frozen, here's a trick. You can use WD-40 to free it up. You just squirt it into the lock, stick your key in there, wiggle it around a bit, and it should uh, start to move once again. But don't keep it in your car. Keep it in the house. This way you can use it to get into the car. (laughs) Wendy in Florida is on the line with a question about the structure of her home. How can we help you? Yes, uh, I'm restoring an old house. It's about 100 uh, years old, and we've had to take up the kitchen floor, and we've taken there's layers of plywood and whatnot, and, and in order to get through it and get the rot out and whatever, we've gone down to the, to the, uh, the beams underneath the floor. Now, the beams are uh, four by four, um, and they're on 28 inches on center. And so I'm wondering, and this needs more support, and I'm wondering, can we put, instead of putting beams down in between the two, so the parallel, can we put perpendicular um, uh, ties across from those two and create boxes to support the floor? Can you get underneath the existing floor, Joyce? Well, it's um, it, it's uh, called on above grade, and so there's there's not that much space. You can get under there. Uh, it's about to my thigh, to the ground. Yep. So here's the thing: you you can't change the direction of the beams because they usually go front to back for a reason. Typically, there's a girder in the middle of the 
structure, the middle of the, of the building somewhere. But if you want to support those beams because they're sagging a bit, what you could do is you could put beams perpen- perpendicular to those underneath them. But those, those of course, would have to be supported as well. Uh, so I think your, your options are to put additional beams in, in between this big, wide 28-inch gap, or to put beams perpendicular underneath. But if you put them underneath and you still have these wide, this wide gap, the other problem you're going to have is supporting the plywood now, or whatever you're going to need for that. So in that case, you would have to put some, some perpendicular spacers in between the beams, but those are not, they don't, they don't have any structural value. All that's going to do is give you some additional surface to support whatever kind of floor you put on top of it. Does that make sense? Okay, that answers my question. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, do you feel like your home improvement headaches are on repeat? Well, we've got tips to help you avoid the how-to deja vu by doing them right the first time. How about that? We're going to share that and more after this. You live in a Money Pit. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. We'd love to help with your how-to project. The number is one Money Pit. presented by HomeAdvisor. Ready for a basement makeover that you can enjoy all winter long? HomeAdvisor will instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free. All right, you've got two great pros right here willing to help you out free of charge. So post your questions online, just like Deborah in New York did. And she writes, we just bought a house and would like to paint the walls and finish the wood floors before we move in. What do you advise we do first? The floor guy says he should do his work first. And the painter says the painting should go first. (laughs) Who's right? I'm sure they both want to be paid first. (laughs) I'm sure of it. Um, I, I don't know how you what you think about this, Leslie, but I would rather like gravity being gravity. I'd rather paint the walls first, and this way I can move ladders and pans of paint, and I'm still going to drop cloth the floors. I'm not going to add to making them worse, but I just would rather do the walls first and have them completely done before I do the floors. Now, the downside of that is that once you are doing the floors, especially if it's you know hardwood floors and you're standing, you are going to get a bit of dust around. Yeah, that's my. But- that's but I, I think that's manageable. You know, it's going to happen. You can clean it up. You can depressurize the room when that's happening. You make sure the equipment has good filtration on it. That is going to happen. But I want the last thing to be that floor completely done. And this way, we, as as the floor guys paint their ways out of the room and look at a beautiful new shiny floor, I know that all I got to do is let that dry, do a little more cleanup, and we're good to go. Hmm. Now, I'm going to say it's the opposite. All right. Well, why? Because I feel like you're right. If you're really refinishing a hardwood floor, there is going to be dust everywhere. And I don't care what you do, that dust is going to be everywhere. And I don't want it on my newly painted walls. So I feel like I would do the floors and then cure it completely. And then I'd put down like a rosin paper and maybe some like, you know, thin board, Luan, Masonite, something cover those floors completely and then paint. Yeah. And that's a lot of work. You're right. Talking about laying down some sheets of Luan or, or, or Masonite, but I guess I can see your point too. So I guess it's really personal preference. You got ours. Now you can come up with your own. We don't always agree on everything here. <laughs> well, it's the classic groundhog day moment. You get out your tools to fix a problem and a short time later, it's got to be done again. 
Leslie's got tips to help you stop that how-to deja vu on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, fixing that same problem over and over and over again really is a drag. But if you address the root cause and do the job properly, you can bring an end to all of those vicious home improvement cycles. Now, the next time you see some peeling paint, don't just go ahead and slap another coat on it. Instead, strip away all the old paint with a paint scraper or a chemical product if you need. And then here's the key, guys. Apply a primer before reapplying the top coat. That primer really is what's going to make everything stick and stick for good. Now, if your basement seems to spring a leak every time you fix the last one, there's a good chance the real issue here is poor drainage. So grade the soil away from your home's foundation and make sure the gutters release water about four to six feet away from your exterior walls for a much drier below-grade space. And put away that caulk gun once and for all. If the caulk between your shower tiles keeps cracking or breaking, fill the bathtub with water before you fill in that caulk one final time and keep it there until it cures. The weight of the water is going to expand the gap that you need to fill, which later contracts for a tighter, longer lasting fit. Great ideas. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, one of those appliances that once you own it, you'll never want to be without it again is your trash disposer. But when it gets jammed and stops working, Well, there's actually a super easy way to get it back in action. We'll share that tip on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.